When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm joined by ESPN's David Newton as we discuss the Carolina Panthers. Yes, that means Cam Newton. David also knows this coaching staff very well, so I was curious to get his thoughts on Ron Rivera and Marty Herney. I've talked to him about this before, but I always think it's good to go back and hear what somebody who covered him for a long time thinks. Mostly we talked about the Panthers, their defense, Cam Newton, and what Washington will face this weekend. You can follow David on Twitter at DNewtonESPN, and you can read both our work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story later this week on Ron Rivera's return to Carolina, as you might imagine. What are the chances he can come away with a win? And Newton will have one on Cam Newton. No relation there, folks. But he will have one on Cam, of course. Before I play my conversation with David, a couple things. After re-watching the game and watching the last few weeks, I love what they're doing with Landon Collins. There's a reason they won't call him a linebacker. He's not one. He's a smart, versatile player who can line up at safety or in a linebacker role. That's what he's been doing. To label him is incorrect. There were times Sunday where he was aligned in a deep half only to drop to the middle, almost in a Tampa 2 look with Curl, with Cam Curl and Bobby McCain rotating the deep halves. Another time, Collins would buzz to the flat to cover. This three-safety look is an effective one for Washington, Washington, and I wonder why they did not go to it much earlier this year. This is what Collins does best. He's not a traditional safety, but that's almost what they were having him be early on this season. And I've wondered this before but it does seem like they need to do a better job of finding out about their players in training camp. Having a joint practice would help. They couldn't have one in 2020 because of COVID, and I know they were reluctant to schedule one this past summer for the same reason. But when you're not playing your starters a lot in the preseason, you need to find out about them somehow. Those joint practices help provide invaluable information. Otherwise, you can be fooled by what you're seeing, and I've talked to guys about this before. They might think their team is pretty good coming out of camp. Then you start playing other teams and you realize really weren't because maybe the offense you're you're facing as a defensive player isn't that good. So it builds a false level of security about what you need to do to then succeed. That's why it's important to get other, face other teams and get more information about your players. And I think the last two years, it's taken about the first four games or so before they start to see certain things and then make some moves. Anyway, Collins has been good. I know the assumption was Washington would cut him after the season, considering his $16-plus million cap hit next year. I would not cut him. Maybe you can restructure, considering he's still young and can be a part of their future for a few years in this role. Keep, keep this in mind. Jamal Adams, I think in two years, his cap hit's like $23 million. I don't know if Seattle would keep him at that point, but the point is that's where it's going. Teron Matthew, his hit this year, it's over $19 million. I'm not saying Collins is right there with them and that should be paid, whatever. But when he's playing this well, he's pretty damn good. And if you cut him, the defense takes a hit, and now you have to replace what he does. They can absorb this cap hit. 
There are other ways you can you can either free up money. I think the key is what they do at quarterback because if you're if you go out and get a veteran, you have to pay a lot. If you have to do something like that, it makes it harder to not only afford that quarterback, landing, but also Landon Collins, and then also perhaps pay Deron Payne um, down the road, and then of course the other ones. But you know that also is for a couple years from now. They are in good cap shape for next year, even with that 16 million on the on the on the books. But again, I'm finding a way to keep him at this point. He's been playing well, not just for the last couple games, but for several games. You know, ever since they started putting him down more in the box, he's been a lot more consistent. And and he again, he is a smart player. I love this three safety look because it provides them with a lot of versatility. And I'm going to give Cam Curl a lot of credit there too because they asked him to do some of the same, some some of the same stuff, not completely, because Collins I think is a little is definitely used differently. But there are definitely th- times where they are where you can use Curl in certain roles because of his versatility and his smarts. Anyway, I also thought they did a good job for the most part at limiting Tampa's yards after the catch outside of a couple of plays. That was a big deal. They did that by the way they played the zone, keeping things in front of them. They took the middle away big time. But they also, as they coaches like to say, they connected to their guys. And you don't you have we haven't always seen that, but we did on Sunday, and that mattered. I do believe they can be okay with Chase, without Chase Young and Montez Sweat in some aspects. Casey Tuhill, first of all, those guys are different. We're going to put them in a different category. So Young and Sweat, we know that. But Casey Tuhill is a good athlete. Both he and James Smith-Williams dropped a couple times into coverage, taking away the middle of the field. Young did that too on one occasion at least before he was hurt Sunday. Make no mistake, they're far better with Young and Sweat, but as a coach, you have to consider how a guy can help you. What does he do well? Smith Williams, I think there, I've been around some coaches who look at what guys can't do, and to me that tells you you're not, you're not a good coach. And you know, the, one of the best defensive coaches I was around was Greg Williams, and his thing was always find out what a guy can do well. Um, some subsequent defensive coordinators were not, the same, were not at the same level. Anyway, I think this staff will do that, and I think we're starting to see it. Smith Williams is strong. He's good against the run. Tuhill is not a bad pass rusher. Not dynamic, but I think he's consistent. So it allows those around you to know how to play off you and for coaches to know what to expect. You're absolutely going to lose depth in a huge way, and you don't have two big athletic ends who can handle a quarterback like a Cam Newton. That, too, matters. But I don't think it's a lost cause because the tackles are still very good, and, and I do think there are, that these guys can help. I'm also curious to see what Shaka Tony does. He's very quick off the ball, very quick. He's also smaller, and I saw him like I saw him with a couple good rushes, but I also saw him get bumped off his path a little bit easier because he's not a big guy. So they have some things you can work with. The depth and the, will, how will it hold up over time, I don't know, but I don't think that this defense has to suffer dramatically because of that. One more note on Sunday's win. They played with confidence, something we haven't always seen. Why they picked Sunday to play that way against a really good team, I don't know. Maybe it was playing from ahead and seeing the defense make plays early. Three and out on the first series, huge. But I also think when you play that physical on offense, it sets a tone. I know some of the old linemen have been wanting to run the ball more. No newsflash there. They could stay committed to it, which I think they've been committed to it for a previ- couple previous games. They just had to, they had to because they, were fall, they fall behind, they have to end up throwing more. I think a few things went in their favor as well. Taylor Heineke was inaccurate in the red zone against Denver. He was accurate under duress against Tampa. That last drive, 
there were a couple of throws, a throw to Gibson and throw to Heineke. There are guys coming at Heineke in his face, or the throw to McLaurin, I should say. So, and he made perfect throws on those. The last, that wasn't happening against Denver. The last three games, Washington's moved the ball well. Sunday, they converted in the red zone, and that was the difference. If they'd done so against Denver, they'd be on a two-game winning streak. The key here is consistency and building on that success. And by the way, in Denver, also two block field goals. Joey Sly was huge on Sunday. I think that's a good lift for them as well. And I wanted to make sure I said something about him because I forgot to say something about him after the game Sunday. Anyway, that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with ESPN's David Newton. What has Cam Newton done for the Panthers? And why is their defense so good? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with ESPN's David Newton. David, a week ago, maybe eight days ago, I'm thinking that, okay, this matchup, you know, Ron Rivera going back, but what do the Panthers have and Washington struggling? And all of a sudden, this matchup is a little more interesting. What kind of life has Cam Newton breathed into the Panthers? Well, the one thing about Cam, whether he's good Cam on the field or bad Cam, he always brings energy. And he always keeps things interesting. And uh, right now, everybody's on a high because, you know, it was good Cam on Sunday. Even though he only played eight plays, uh, you know, two touchdowns on his first two times he touched the ball. I mean, you couldn't write a script for Hollywood any better than that. So that part of it worked out well. There are going to be some bumps in the road along the way. It's not going to be that way all the time. Uh, but right now, he, he energized this franchise. Uh, the defense already was playing at a high level. And they had energy, and defenses that are playing well tend to do that. But this offense under Sam Darnold just almost seemed lifeless at times. Uh, even McCaffrey's out there, but McCaffrey's not a, he's, he's a very high energy on the field as far as what he does. He's not in terms of just that energy he brings to uh, his teammates as far as the leadership thing. And Cam brings that. So you, you saw it after his first touchdown. He ripped off his helmet and ran over to the uh, sideline screaming, I'm back, I'm back. Got a 15-yard penalty, which Matt Rule asked him not to get again, please. And he said, please, to Cam. And Cam said, I got it. Say less. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy. I thought the best example of how Cam uh, and what he brings to this community and, and to the team, Matt said he went to a father-daughter dance, uh, daddy-daughter, last Friday night. And he said a five-year-old and a seven-year-old little girl came up to him and said, are you the coach of the Panthers? And he said, yeah. He said, is Cam really back? <laughs> so, I mean, wow. I mean, that, that, that kind of just shows the whole magnitude. A- absolutely. And, you know, you covered, obviously, his tenure before and, and what the impact he had. It's, it must be hard. To, I think it'd be hard to ask, like, how different he is as a player because you haven't seen enough of him. But you would have maybe seen snippets from last year or whatever. So at the end of his tenure, what did it look like? And what's the optimism that he can get back to a certain point? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good at the end of his tenure at Carolina. He lost his last eight starts. 
Uh, his shoulder was giving him problems. His foot was an issue. He just wasn't the same player. And that, that made it hard for him to continue the energy that we bring back because he just couldn't play at the level he was accustomed to. And that's why Matt Rule moved on from him. I mean, he, he would do the same thing again if the circumstances were the same because there were just too many question marks around him. And then he goes to New England where he was having some success before the, the COVID. And then things just kind of fell apart after that. But I, they feel like he's completely healthy now that he can do a lot of the things. He's not going to be complete Superman cam where he's going to, you know, make the amazing runs and things that you saw in the past. But as you saw on Sunday, when you get him down there in the red zone, he's enough of a threat where that opens things up for him, Christian McCaffrey and everybody else, just because you have to pay attention to that quarterback as a dual threat guy. And they didn't, even though Sam Darnold, I think scored five touchdowns rushing, in the, in the first three games, I don't think a lot of people out there are worried about Sam Darnold running the ball. So uh, he just brings everything kind of back. I think he can be uh, somewhere in between what we saw in, you know, maybe 2017 and those first eight games. Because they were really – he was playing really at a level then better than he was at his MVP year. I mean, they were 6-2, and two, and his completion percentage was at all-time high. And he was just playing really well under North Turner, which you guys are very familiar with down in Washington. So I don't think he can get back quite to that level, but anywhere somewhere in between that and what he was before, I think would be good enough to help this team right now because he's got plenty of weapons. And this defense, what, number two in the NFL, is right. playing really well. And I'm going to get to that in a minute with with Cam. And with obviously Washington had a chance to sign him on a couple of different occasions and chose not to. And I know – I don't believe it was ever all that serious of a consideration. And I think, I think these, this group obviously knows him very well. And I, I think one of the things they wondered about is he's got an outsized personality. Would it be too much for certain pl other players? And so, you know, first of all, do you think that will impact Cam facing this group on Sunday? Cause again, he knows they passed on him and he knows that they know him well. And what about that personality? Is it? And I don't want to say it's a bad thing. I just think that he commands a lot of attention. And if you want him as a backup, maybe that would threaten a starter. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I asked Matt Rule that uh, on Monday, and I said, you know, you, you preached after the game. It's not about one player; it's about the team. And I understand that. I said, but with Cam, it often becomes about Cam, whether he's making it about Cam or not because everybody else kind of gravitates to him and what he does and and just the emotion he brings on like he did on the sideline after that first touchdown and uh and Matt said I want full cam I don't want cam light I can handle that because as long as cam's focus is on football which it is he said we've got a good thing there and he said it's the same it's, I, I want Christian McCaffrey to be full Christian McCaffrey I think he's going to let him play he's going to let him show his personality and be who he is and not try to tone that back, which is a good thing because I don't think you can tone Cam back. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I think for some teams that's scary. That's why I didn't think that the Panthers wanted him the first time around with Matt Rule. So uh, I, I was very uh, – it was very interesting listening to Matt talk about that and what he thinks he can do with that. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And plus, Cam's been humbled by what's happened the last two or three years. So while, while he knows – you know, he, he can't be the player he was maybe his MVP season. He, he wants to prove that he can still be a solid starter in the NFL because he's playing for not this year. He's playing for a contract next year. And if he plays well enough down the stretch this year, 
maybe gets the Panthers in the playoffs, they'll they'll sign him back. He'll be their quarterback going into next year, and Sam Darnold will be the highest paid backup in uh, <laughs> NFL history, maybe. I mean, Cam's only thirty two. Yeah, but we say that like it's young, and he's been, he's I know he's been beaten out more than others. But that's and he's been, has been beaten. He's taken. Yes. I think I wrote it a thousand times. He's been hit more than any quarterback in the league since he came into the league. And um, but and I think Tom Brady playing at what is he now? One hundred and five. I mean, <laughs> I think the fact that Tom Brady is playing at the level he is is such an older age. It, it's kind of got people not thinking about thirty two being old. But thirty two in the past was was considered getting up toward the end of a career for a quarterback. Um, and now we've got, you know, Aaron Rodgers out there, what, 38-ish, and a lot of guys that are playing way past uh, what you would consider their prime. So, uh, and again, Cam's different just because of what he likes to do, and that's run the ball and be a threat as a thrower. So if, if he can just continue to show that he's a little bit of a threat as a runner, um, that's especially with this offensive line that's like, I think it's gone through seven different combinations because of injuries. and. They're down now to their backup center, their backup left guard, their backup left tackle, uh, or maybe backup backup left tackle, and you know backup right guard. The only person that's where they've been all year is Taylor Moten at the right tackle spot. So that'll help that group because they'll focus more on the run, and then when teams are having to focus on Cam and Christian, you know that'll make it easier on them. Yeah. What do you think the return of Rivera means this week to not just you know, I mean, first of all, I don't know how many players are still there that were there. I mean, it's not just Ron. It's like half of Carolina's half of Carolina or Charlotte will be coming back because of this with, with how many people from Carolina are in the staff. But what do you think that return means to the city, but also to the team? Because I don't even know, like, how many people are still there from when he coached them? There are only about 14 players on the roster and um, not not many, really. And and. The rest of the staff is completely gone. I mean, you got you know their special teams coach or coordinator Chase Blackburn. He played for him and coached under him, but for the most part, uh, there's not many people left. And you know, I think it would have been a bigger deal had it not been for what's going on with Cam. Right. I think Cam and his personality and what he did, you know, beating Arizona. I I think that's kind of just taken over where. Ron's return is almost secondary. Um, I'm not saying it's not important, but this team is I – and mean, Matt Rule, he doesn't really care. I mean, he likes Ron Rivera. He doesn't know much about him, but, you know, he welcomes him back. But he, he just wants to win a game. They, they've right. lost three straight at home. So they're not focused on, on Ron Rivera other than the fact, what's Ron Rivera going to do to try to stop Cam Newton and, and their offense and whatever they want to do? So, yeah, I think it'll be special for – I think it'll be special for Ron to be back, his family to be back, because there are a lot of people in the community that do do love him. I mean, they – he was, you know, the guy that got him to the Super Bowl. The only thing he really didn't do was lead him to consecutive winning seasons. And, and as far as Ron's concerned, he did because he still counts – the seven, eight, and one trip to the playoffs is a back-to-back. Um, he he kind of emphasized that on his departure. So I, I thought Ron was a great coach. He did a lot of great things. Um, could he have still won had he stayed here? Probably so. Uh, but was it time to move on with, with David Tepper and new ownership? Probably so. But, yeah, um, I think there will be a lot of people in the stands that will be pulling for Ron, but I think there will be more people pulling for Cam Newton right now in the yeah. Panthers. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure there are because, you know, it, ultimately the allegiance is going to be to the Panthers. Um, do, do you have, do you think, I mean, obviously they've been struggling this year, three and six. Um, you've seen what Rivera has done 
in previous years and the second half of years and all that, do you think that he's going to get it done here? And plus not just him, but the Marty Hernies of the world and all that. Do you think that group can get it done here? Yeah, whether they can do it this year or not, I don't know. I mean, it'd be tough, tough to really right. get it from where they are right now in the playoffs. They they lost one of their best defensive players for for at least this. Right. I don't know how many games they'll be out, so um, that'll make it tough on them. I think the fact that they struggled defensively early in the years kind of put them um, in a hole that it's going to be tough to dig out of. But I've seen him do it. I mean, I've they've gone on runs in the past, and, yeah. and he's been really good in November and December. That's been one of his strengths is keeping a team focused and making them believe that they can win and make a run and, and be relevant. That's one of his key phrase words uh, was always around here, be relevant. And and he got the Panthers relevant again. So, um, yeah, I think he can succeed. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, he'll build with really good people around him. I mean, what he's gotten Taylor Heineke as his quarterback, he probably needs to, to – get another level of quarterback up there. Um, Taylor's good for what he wants to do right now, what he has, but I don't think he's a guy that can lead you, you know, consistently to the playoffs and even to a Super Bowl. So uh, I, I think they've got some rebuilding to do, but I think he, uh, Ron understands the fundamentals. And it's kind of what Matt Rule believes in too. You build to have a championship defense and that's what they've been doing. If you look on that side of the ball, the Panthers have what, six or seven first round draft picks over there. Um, that unit now that they're starting to get healthy again with Stephon Gilmore back in there to replace J.C. Horn, um, they're starting to get really good again. So uh, if, if, if he believes in a running game, Matt does, and so does Ron. So their basic foundation is the same thing, defense and run the ball and be consistent that way. So I, if, if Ron can get that going in Washington, he could be successful. But again, what, what happened to them early in the year is, kind of same thing with Carolina a lot of ways Carolina lost three games at home that they should have probably won I mean losing the Eagles was almost embarrassing losing to the Giants was not good mm-hmm. so when you lose those type games it puts you behind the eight ball like they are now so anyway I I think Ron can be a successful coach he's been a successful coach I don't I don't see any reason why he would would not do that at Washington two more things David one Marty Hurdy do you think that he can because he's He's in their front office, and I know Mark Mayhew has a GM title, but Marty Herney has a big say, and he's got Ron's ear. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, I think Marty was big in, in some of the things they did around at Carolina as far as building. I mean, he's he's the guy that, you know, drafted a lot of the players here that was successful. Um, how long he wants to do it, I guess, is a question mark. I mean, and, and but I think Marty's relationship with Ron is, is what keeps them together and what makes that group work because they've got a unique uh, chemistry there and work well together so um could marty do it with somebody else i mean some ron work with somebody else probably but i i he, he got with dave gettleman and they were successful too for a while but um again uh, that that's a long-term decision yeah. i don't know how far long-term marty wants to, to be in this sure. business last thing why is this defense so good wow um well, it starts with up front. I mean, they've they've got some really good players. You got a first round pick in the middle, and and um, Brown. You got you got edge rushers like uh, Hassan Reddick and, and Brian Burns on the other side. They're as fast as anybody in the league at getting to the quarterback. So they they've got the foundation there. I I think what they've got in the secondary starting to build, bringing in Stephon. I mean, J.C. Horn I thought was really a bigger loss early in the season, bigger than Christian McCaffrey because of what he could do for that defense. And now they've got Stefan and kind of piecing things back together. 
Um, you know, their, their, their safety now is, God, he was almost a rookie of the year last year, and he's, he's playing a high level. doesn't get the attention he did last year, but I, that's another strong strength. So they, they've built around what they need to be around. I think Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator, is uh, – I won't say – I don't use the word brilliant, but I, I love what he's done with this group. I mean, he, he doesn't get settled. I'm going to play a 3-4. I'm going to play a 4-3. He does whatever is necessary out there. He, he mixes matches and has combinations. I mean, last year when they played the Packers and Aaron Rodgers after the game was like – because they really shut Aaron down in that game. He, they won the game, but Rodgers – played one of his worst games of the year and he, he said yeah they use some college thing this three three five or whatever oh. three five three three five three you know and so yeah so I, I like what phil snow done he's got the talent around him. they spent the draft picks to to build around that so that group i think is going to be good for quite a while now david thanks a lot always love the insight and i know you are a popular man on my podcast whenever you come on so thanks a lot well i don't know why i'd be popular but uh the only popular Newton in, in Carolina right now is Cam. <laughs> well, there you go. Very good. It's that kind of humor. That's why you're popular. Thanks, David. I call it snarky. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Thanks to David for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode Thursday night, Friday morning. I'll talk to you next time.